Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's The Reading Bug. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is supported by Families, publishers of creative award-winning books for kids and grown-ups, like Allegro, a musical journey through 11 musical masterpieces. This very special musical book is a magical adventure through 11 timeless compositions. Pre-order now at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Familias, helping families be happy. Hello, reader. Welcome to another Reading Bug Adventure, and thanks for joining us on our bonus full story episode. Reading Bug Adventures is created, written, and produced by The Reading Bug, our family-owned children's bookstore. You can learn all about us, our store, and all the exciting things we're doing by visiting thereadingbug.com. And moms and dads, if our adventures get your child excited about reading, or if you're looking for new ways to inspire, encourage, or excite your young reader, be sure to visit readingbugbox.com. Reading Bug Box is the very best book subscription for kids because the books and goodies are handpicked by me and the rest of my children's bookstore staff perfectly matched to each child's interest and reading level, and delivered to your doorstep monthly. Before we begin our adventure today, I'd like to say a couple of special thank yous. Our podcast is mixed and mastered by Resonate Recordings, and made possible by our sponsors and listeners like you. To learn more about how you can support us, visit our page at patreon.com and get more access to music downloads, exclusive content, gifts, and more. Hello to our newest patrons, Carson from Texas, Jason from California, and Dominic from Florida. You're part of what makes it possible for us to continue to write, perform, and produce new original stories and music. Thanks to all our patrons for your support. Okay, reader, are you ready to adventure with me in the reading bug? Then what are we waiting for? Let's fly! It's time for a reading bug adventure. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, reader. It's great to see you again. Thanks for joining me here today. I don't know where the Reading Bug is or what she's up to but she asked us to join her right here at the University of Colorado Museum of Natural History. Look around at all the exhibits. Isn't it incredible in here? Shh! Oops, so sorry. I didn't mean to disturb you. Quite all right, this time, but don't let it happen again. This is a museum, and some of us are trying to work. 
Of course, of course. Sorry again. Reader, we'll need to be a little quieter than usual, it seems. This is a museum, after all. Can you believe this place? The dinosaur exhibit all around us is amazing. There are dinosaur fossils everywhere from many different kinds of dinosaurs. And just over there on our right are some giant dinosaur reconstructions. Those dinosaurs are not just bones. They've got skin, claws, and teeth, too. Those are some awfully big teeth. Yikes! And here's a whole room called Fossil Mysteries. Look, it's chock full of fossils, models, and murals. And it says here that this exhibit illustrates 75 million years of dinosaurs from the time dinosaurs first roamed the Earth through the Ice Age. Wow, 75 million years is a very long time. Oh, but remember, shh, we're still next to the quiet man who shushed us, and he's very busy with a table of small fossils in front of him. So let's try not to disturb him again. He's trying to fit all those fossils together like a complicated jigsaw puzzle, and it looks like he needs to really concentrate. Oh, and look, reader, coming up behind us is a large group of children. They look like they're on a field trip with their school. Listen, reader, if we're quiet, we may just be able to hear what their tour guide is saying. Dinosaur means fearfully great lizard. Dinosaurs lived on Earth until about 65 million years ago. Here in our fossil mysteries room, our displays represent 75 million years of dinosaur life. But dinosaurs roamed this planet for more than 177 million years. By comparison, the first humans didn't appear until 200,000 years ago. That's why the age of the dinosaurs is called a prehistoric period because there were no humans to write down the history. Wow, it's not every day you get to learn about dinosaurs at the Museum of Natural History, is it, reader? But I still don't know where the reading bug is or why she asked us to meet her here. Lauren, reader, hi, I'm here. Thank you so much for meeting me at the museum. It's really great to see you. Shh, this is very delicate work. Sorry again, sir. We didn't mean to disturb your work and we won't let it happen again. I'm sorry to be running a little late, but I hope you were able to see some of the amazing exhibits while you waited. Oh, hi, Reading Bug. Wonderful to see you, too. And yes, we have really been enjoying the exhibits. We just learned that dinosaurs lived on Earth a whole lot longer than people have. Thanks for suggesting we meet here. Perfect. That knowledge may prove to be useful today. You know, I'm absolutely thrilled to my bones about the dynamite adventure we're going to be taking today. Bones? Dino-mite? Those sound like clues, Reading Bug. And wow, I can see that your book bag is especially full today. Want to tell us the titles of some of your books so we can guess where we might be adventuring with you? Absolutely. Let's see here. In my book bag, I brought When Dinosaurs Came with Everything by Elise Broach, Dactyl Hill Squad by Daniel Jose Older, and Dinosaur Discoveries by Gail Gibbons. Oh, wow. Really, Reading Bug? Reader, do you know where our adventure will be taking us today? I think I do. I've also got Rex Rexit by Ben Clanton, How Do Dinosaurs Say Goodnight by Jane Yolen, and Magic Treehouse Fact Tracker, Dinosaurs, by Will and Mary Osborne. It can't be. Can it? It's impossible, right? I can't believe that we could actually do it. But is our adventure taking us back in time 
to when dinosaurs were living on Earth millions and millions of years ago? Yes, Lauren, you're right. Today, with the help of my magic book bag and your imagination, of course, we'll all be going back in time to the age of the dinosaurs, also known as the Mesozoic Era. Today, we'll be seeing more than just dinosaur bones. We'll be learning about dinosaurs by going back in time and seeing them walking, eating, playing, fighting, and more. It's going to be T-Rex-erific! I said, shh. Wait, what did you just say, little coccinella? Did you say you'd be visiting dinosaurs in the Mesozoic era? No. You couldn't have said that, could you? Oh, but she did. Every week, the reading bug takes us on an amazing adventure in her book bag. We've visited all sorts of incredible places. The Wild West, the ocean, the moon. Hi, I'm Lauren, and this is my friend the reading bug and our reader friend. The moon? Yes! Oh, wow. Then it's true. You really will be traveling to the Mesozoic era to see real, live dinosaurs? That's right! Oh, forgive me. My name is Dr. Mark Patel, and I am a paleontologist right here at the Museum of Natural History. Right now, I'm piecing together the fossils of a partial Spinosaurus jaw. I've spent my entire life studying dinosaur bones and artifacts, but seeing a real live dinosaur roaming the Earth would be a dream come true. Well then, Dr. Patel, you're talking to the right coccinella. That's the scientific name for ladybug, if you were wondering, reader. Would you like to join us? Lauren, reading bug, reader, it would be an absolute honor to join your expedition, if you'll have me. Of course you can join us. Besides, it will be really helpful to have someone who knows a lot about dinosaurs, in case we get into trouble. Welcome to the team, Dr. Patel. Oh, thank you, thank you. I still can't believe this is possible, but I'm excited to give it a try. Dr. Patel, can you tell us what a paleontologist does? I've never met a paleontologist before. Of course, Lauren, and thank you for asking. Paleontologists like me study fossils to try to figure out what they can tell us about the history of the Earth. For example, I study dinosaur fossils, like these ones here, to learn more about what the world was like during the Mesozoic era and what the dinosaurs who lived back then were like. Dinosaurs roamed the planet for 177 million years, so there is a lot to study. Oh, so a paleontologist studies dinosaur bones. Not exactly, Lauren. Lots of people think that fossils and bones are the same thing, but it's actually more complicated than that. Imagine if a dinosaur died near a river or a stream, and as the river rose over time, the dinosaur's body was covered by mud and sand. Well, over millions of years, that mud and sand turned into solid rock, but the dinosaur bones are still inside. Meanwhile, water may have seeped into the dinosaur bones, and the minerals in the water turn the bones into stone too. So a fossil is really a rock that used to be a bone that is buried inside another rock that used to be mud and sand. Very good, reading bug. It looks like we may have an aspiring paleontologist on our hands. Thanks. I read a lot. Listen, I've been studying dinosaur fossils for years, and I love what I do. But my work is often slow, tedious, and quiet. When I am not in the museum, I'm outside, in the field, looking for dinosaur fossils. Out there, I take pictures of the fossils at the site, 
and I collect rock samples and broken fossil pieces. Then I write notes in a field notebook, like this one, to keep a record of what I find and where I found it. Oh, wow. On our adventures, we like to keep track of the things we've seen and done, too. We do it by drawing pictures or illustrations, just like the ones we find in our favorite books. The pictures help us remember and retell the adventures to our friends and family once we return. For example, at the end of our adventure today, we'll take time to listen to music and draw the pictures that are in our imaginations so we don't forget them. But we can draw anytime, whenever something interesting, amazing, or important pops up in our imaginations. Reader, did you remember your crayons and paper? If not, don't worry. You can pause and get them now. Or wait until the end of the adventure. If you'd like to pause, the reading bug and I will wait right here for you. I'm very impressed. The reason you draw illustrations are the same reasons I take notes and photographs, to remember what I've seen and retell it to my friends and colleagues. You'll make excellent paleontologists today. We heard one of the guides at the museum saying that dinosaur means fearfully great lizard. So while today's adventure is certainly going to be amazing, it's not without danger. We're lucky to have a real paleontologist like you with us here, Dr. Patel. Thank you. I've got a few items here that should help us on our trip. First, I've got pith helmets for everyone. These are hard, rounded helmets that are made of a lightweight material that look a lot like the hat that you're wearing, Reading Bug. We wore pith helmets on our African picture safari. Remember, Reader? Pith helmets protect our faces and necks from the sun. That's important because it was much hotter during the age of dinosaurs than it is today. I've also got sunglasses, water bottles, and binoculars, as well as umbrellas. Paleontologists like me believe that the climate during the Mesozoic era was warm and tropical. If I'm right, it's likely that it will rain at some point during our adventure. Oh, wow. I'm excited and nervous about this adventure. How about you, reader? I can't wait to get started. But before we go, Let's stretch and get ready for the excitement that awaits. Great idea, Lauren. Dinosaurs are big and they may look awkward, but paleontologists believe that many of the meat-eating dinosaurs could run faster than the fastest human runners today. So it's important that we're warmed up and ready to run as fast as we can. Why don't we all stretch together, reader? That's it. Everybody stand up, unless you're buckled into your car, and wiggle your fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Thanks for those stretches, Lauren. That little bit of exercise really helped me wake up and feel ready for our journey back in time. I've been hunched over these fossils for such a long time, I was beginning to feel like an I'm so saurus. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, just a bit of paleontologist humor. Ha! Like I said, I work alone a lot. <laughs> well, after those stretches, I hope that you're all ready to explore Asauruses now. Nicely done, Lauren. And if you brought them, keep your paper and crayons close by. 
When we see different types of dinosaurs, you might want to draw them to remember what they looked like. Reader, did you know that even though most illustrations of dinosaurs show them as green or brown, no one knows for sure what colors they were because no person has ever seen a dinosaur. My books say that many scientists think that dinosaurs may have been as colorful as today's lizards and snakes, and they come in lots of bright colors and patterns. So feel free to use lots of crayon colors in your illustrations. You're right, Reading Bug. For example, the American five-lined skink lizard has a brilliant blue colored tail and five yellow lines on its body. And crested geckos can be gray, red, brown, and yellow. There is even a leopard gecko that has spots just like a leopard's. Today, we're going to be the very first humans to show our friends and families what dinosaurs really looked like. Maybe they were pink or purple. They could have also been polka dotted or had rainbow stripes. I can't wait to see how they look in your illustrations. Okay, reader, are you ready to travel back to the Mesozoic era with us? Great, then let's get started. Look, the reading bug is opening up her book bag. It's growing bigger and bigger, big enough so that we'll all be able to fit inside. And there are hundreds of pictures swirling around in there. I see all kinds of dinosaurs. Big ones, little ones, green ones, and look over there. I see a few pink ones whizzing by too. And oh my, there are tropical forests and giant colorful flowers. And over there, I see a giant volcano with lava flowing out of it. And I see a fiery ball. It looks like a meteor or an asteroid. Lauren, Dr. Patel, reader. Are you ready to travel through the ages? To a time we've only visited in book pages? When dinosaurs roared and pterodon soared? Well then, into my book bag please climb and we'll start on our trip to the land before time. Let's flap our bug wings and fly. Hop three times with me then into my book bag. Here we go. One hop, two hops, three hops, we're in. Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag, our trusty book bag? What will we learn about today? Look what's happening, reader. As we move through time, everything around us is changing before our eyes. The buildings and streets are changing, and people are wearing funny old-fashioned clothes. But we're still moving backwards, and now there are no buildings at all. And the people are dressed in animal skins, sitting together around a fire. And just like that, there are no people at all. There are only animals roaming in packs through the open land all around us. And it seems to be getting colder and colder. The animals are bigger and hairier now. And the land is cold and desolate. Is this the Ice Age? I think it is, Lauren. This is incredible. And we're still going back in time. Look at my watch. It's going backwards. That's right, Dr. Patel. That's how we know the book bag is working when we travel back in time. Isn't it, reader? <gasps> what was that? Something created a tremendous blast, leaving smoke, ash, and dust everywhere. I can't see anything. Can you? Wait, look. Miracle of miracles. The cloud of ash is gone. The land 
It looks warm and fertile again. And I think I see dinosaurs. Look! There are so many different kinds, shapes, sizes, and colors. And look, I see beautiful green fields of grass, verdant tropical forests, rivers, lakes, and oceans. I can't wait to start exploring. Raider, Dr. Patel, I think we've arrived. The lights and pictures have stopped flashing, and the quiet bustle and sounds of the museum outside have been replaced with a cacophony of different sounds and noises. Listen, Reader. In the distance, I hear explosions and a continuous roar. Can you hear that? What could that be? Those must be volcanoes. There were a lot of active volcanoes and earthquakes during the Mesozoic era. For a long time, paleontologists like me believed that dinosaurs may have become extinct because of falling sea levels and increasing volcanic eruptions. Oh my. We'll need to steer clear of those volcanoes for sure then. Listen, I hear a chirping, clicking, squeaking, and squawking all around us. Yes, yes. It sounds like a rainforest. We were right. I really can't believe we're here to see all of this in person. However, as much as I want to jump out of this bag and start exploring, I want to remind everyone that it's going to be extremely hot and humid outside. So before we go, let's all put on our pith helmets and sunglasses. Don't forget your water and take your umbrellas with you too. Great job. Now, let's slowly and quietly exit the book bag and be on the lookout for dangerous animals. Oh, wow. Look at this place. Reader, it looks like we've landed in a small meadow filled with enormous colorful flowers. And grass is almost as tall as we are. And just down the slope in front of us is a massive rushing river, almost overflowing its banks. I didn't know there were flowers in the age of dinosaurs, did you? They are big and beautiful. Pink, violet, yellow, white, orange. All the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> and they smell incredible. Oh, and just behind us is a dense tropical forest with magnificent tall trees crowded together to protect the plants and the animals inside. And all around us, in the distance, are large mountains rising up out of the valley. Wow, look, smoke is pouring from the tops of a few of the mountains, clouding the air around with thick gray smoke. Those must be the volcanoes Dr. Patel was describing. Yes, I can even see lava flowing down the side of the nearest volcano, over there on our left, see? I simply can't believe it. This is stunning, just as I imagined. Look, here's a tree that looks like a palm tree. That's a leptocycus. And over there, I see some stubby fern-like plants known as gymnosperms, a tasty treat for plant-eating dinosaurs. I've only ever seen them as fossils and they're so much more magnificent in person than I ever imagined. Oh, look over there. Dr. Patel, stay close, please. We don't want to get separated from one another. Yes, yes, of course. So far, reader, we've been able to see plenty of prehistoric plants, but I don't see any dinosaurs or other animals for that matter, do you? Wait, what's that? If you look carefully, right where the meadow turns into rainforest, 
I can see some small creatures skittering through the meadow. Do you see them? But those don't look like dinosaurs. They almost look like mice or squirrels. Or rats, don't they, Reader? If I could just collect a specimen. Uh, Dr. Patel, remember, no running off. Right, right, right. Lauren, Reader, we must have traveled back in time to the Cretaceous period, which was between 65 and 125 million years ago. The Cretaceous period was the last and longest segment of the Mesozoic era. In the Magic School Bus in the Time of Dinosaurs, it says that during the Cretaceous period, the weather was getting a little bit cooler. So flowering plants and trees, like the ones all around us, were beginning to appear. And that's also a time where small mammals, like the ones you just saw, would have been abundant. You sure have learned a lot from all your books, Reading Bug. Dr. Patel, can you tell us more about the Cretaceous period and all the other plants and animals we might see here? Dr. Patel? Dr. Patel? Oh, no. Reader, where is Dr. Patel? I don't see him anywhere. I think he's run off looking for more specimens again. Oh, no. I sure hope he hasn't gotten lost, or worse, been trampled by a triceratops, or eaten by a T-Rex. Dr. Patel? Dr. Patel! Lauren, look. I see Dr. Patel way over there, down by the bank of the river. See him? Oh, no. Wait. Stay perfectly still. Is that what I think it is? Look, there's a dinosaur about 20 feet away from Dr. Patel, right at the water's edge. Do you see him, reader? He has two big, strong legs that he's standing on, and two much smaller ones that look like arms held out in front of him. He has a big head and a very long tail that's dragging behind him on the ground. Lauren, reader, I've seen lots of illustrations of a dinosaur that looked like that. I think that's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. The T-Rex is a meat-eating dinosaur and is thought to have had the most vicious bite of any dinosaur. In other words, Dr. Battelle is in real danger. But look, reading bug, that dinosaur isn't that large. He's not even half as tall as Dr. Patel. I think that dinosaur is much too little to be a T-Rex, isn't he? He may be small, but a baby T-Rex is still a carnivore, which means he eats meat and lots of it in order to grow to full size. No matter the dinosaur's size, I think Dr. Patel is in terrible danger. We have to warn him. Dr. Patel, what are you doing over there? I told you not to get separated from the group and watch out. There's a Tyrannosaurus Rex just ahead of you by the water's edge. And he's looking right at you. Move away now, or I'm afraid you're going to become his lunch. <laughs> oh no, Lauren. I'm in no danger. I was just making a new friend. He's perfectly safe. Let me introduce you to Albert. Albert? Yes. Quickly, come over here. Should we go? Well, Dr. Patel says it's safe, and he is the expert. Come on. Lauren, reading bug, reader, say hello to Albert. Albert is an Alberto dromaeus, and I'm in no danger at all because Alberto dromaeus are herbivores or plant eaters. They have no interest in eating other animals like you and me. You can see that Albert has powerful legs like a T-Rex that allow him to run very fast. But it is easy for a paleontologist like me to tell he's not a meat eater because he has a short pointed beak 
just like his larger relatives, the duck-billed dinosaurs, all of whom are herbivores. Phew, that's a relief. <laughs> if you could pry open Albert's mouth, which I do not recommend, you would see that his teeth are short and flat. Definitely not the sharp teeth that a T-Rex has to gobble up other animals. So Albert isn't looking to eat any of us. He's just checking us out to make sure we're not predators that might try to eat him. I think I've got him convinced that I'm a friend. Watch. I think he'll even let me pet him. Incredible! Oh, wow! Can you hear Albert? It almost sounds like he's purring, doesn't it? I'm patting his head, and he is happy as can be. Good boy, Albert! Wow, he is pretty cute, Dr. Patel, and much cuter now that I know he doesn't want to eat us. Good boy, Albert! Look again, reader. When I try to stop patting him, he bumps his head against my hand, just like a puppy might, until I start patting him again. <laughs> and now he's running around us in circles, just like an excited puppy with the case of the zoomies. Easy, boy. Oh, my. Look, just across the river there. Can you see them? I can see even more dinosaurs starting to emerge from the river and the forest behind it. Oh, yes. Reader. Look across the river on our right. See that enormous dinosaur heading toward the water? It looks very different from Albert. Not only is it walking on four legs instead of two, but it also has three large horns on its head, two on top and one on the end of its nose. I think I know that one's name. There's a picture of him in Dinosaur Discoveries by Gail Gibbons. His name is Triceratops, which means three-horned face. Am I right, Dr. Patel? Yes, very good, Reading Bug. Thank you! Triceratops are nearly 30 feet long and have the biggest head of all the dinosaurs. See? Reader, look through your binoculars. Do you see the Triceratops' giant head? I've read that an elephant, the largest land animal in present day, weighs only about half as much as a Triceratops does. And look, there are more Triceratops falling behind the first one. Paleontologists have theorized that Triceratops were social animals that lived in herds, but were the first people to be able to confirm that they really did. Lucky for us, Triceratops are plant eaters like Albert. Aw, those Triceratops are just big, or should I say, huge softies. As huge as they are, Triceratops are small compared to some of the other dinosaurs. My book says that the biggest dinosaurs were plant eaters, and that the biggest plant eaters were once called sauropods. Right you are. My colleagues have found sauropod footprints that are as big as monster truck tires, which makes them think that the biggest ones may have been over 150 feet long. That's as big as six yellow school buses lined up in a row. Dr. Patel, if Triceratops are plant eaters, why do they have those mean-looking horns? I suspect that Triceratops are pretty fierce fighters, even plant eaters need to protect themselves from other dinosaurs that might want to eat them. Why don't we hide in the tall grass here to make sure we're not seen? Great. Now we can see the dinosaurs, but they can't see us. Why, look at that. Just there to our left. Yes, I see it. It's a giant dinosaur. More than 10 feet tall. That's about as tall as two of me. She has a tiny little head and a massive body behind that. And unlike Albert, 
she's walking on four legs toward the water. Two strong, large back legs and two smaller front ones. Her tail is extremely long, but it's not dragging on the ground. It's sticking out straight behind her large round body instead. And on the top of her head is an enormous crest. Do you see it? It looks kind of like a single horn coming right out of the top of her head and sticking up into the air. Ooh, ooh, I think I know that dinosaur. Let me see if I can remember. I think it's called a Parasaurolophus. Yes, that's it. She is pretty tall, isn't she? But the Triceratops don't seem frightened at all. Maybe she's a plant eater too. Great observation. Reader, listen. Do you hear that trumpeting noise? It sounds a bit like elephants when they call to each other, doesn't it? Oh, wow, yes. In Dinosaur Discoveries, it says that paleontologists believe that the crests on the heads of some dinosaurs, like the Parasaurolophus, were hollow and connected to tubes inside their noses. And when they blew air through those tubes, they could have made trumpeting sounds to call one another. That Parasaurolophus must be calling out to the other dinosaurs. But why? It looks like she's calling for all of her friends to join her. Look, reader, even more dinosaurs are coming from the trees to join her by the river. What were they called again? Parasaurolophus? That's right. She must be using her voice to speak to the rest of her group and tell them that the coast is clear and there are no predators or enemies around. Incredible. Watch them all drinking from the water, reader. Can you believe we're seeing this? I can't wait to draw a picture of this. The beautiful green grass and trees, the swampy river and the forest in the background, and the gigantic volcanoes that are even further away. I sure am glad they're far away, since it looks like some of them are active, with lava flowing out of the tops. The dinosaurs are incredible, too. I love little Albert, of course. And the big Parasaurolophus is magnificent. But I think the mighty Triceratops are my favorite. Uh-oh. Reader, look, it's beginning to rain. Um, Dr. Patel, should we go find a drier spot? And miss seeing these magnificent creatures? No way! Remember, the Mesozoic era is tropical, which means we can expect a lot more rain. It's also why we brought umbrellas. Pop your umbrella open and we'll be just fine. Okay, Reader, you heard Dr. Patel. Get your umbrella out and pop it open now. Great, that is much better. Lauren, reader, look what's happening. All the dinosaurs, the Triceratops, the Parasaurolophus, and the others are quickly running back into the thick trees of the rainforest. Do you think our umbrellas scared them away? They sure are moving quickly. No, no, I'm certain it couldn't have been our umbrellas. I don't think those dinosaurs have noticed us at all yet. It must be something else. What's that noise? Well, the dinosaurs weren't spooked at all when other herbivores were nearby. So, do you think, maybe, there's a carnivore approaching? I'm afraid you might be right, Lauren. I'm not sure what's making that sound, but it sure sounds big and unhappy, and I really don't want to stick around here to find out. Why don't we take cover in the trees so we're not spotted? Albert, here, boy. Let's go! Wait! Dr. 
to tell. What's wrong with Albert? He looks like he's trying to come with us, but he's not moving anywhere. Albert, Albert, come on, you can do it. Let's go, boy. We've all got to hide. Oh, no. Look, reader, it looks like Albert is stuck in the mud of the riverbank. The mud around him is nearly up to his knees. And the more he struggles, the deeper he is sinking. And the rain is making things much worse for him, too. Lauren, reader, Dr. Patel, we need to rescue Albert. Or whatever dinosaur is making that loud noise may have an Albert-sized snack for lunch today. You're right, reading bug. We need to help Albert, but how will we rescue him without getting sucked into the mud, too? Or becoming some carnivore's lunch. Reader, we need your help. Let's think of all the ways we might be able to rescue Albert from the mud and whatever predator is approaching on the other side of the river. While you think, we're going to hear a brief word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Familius, helping families be happy with award-winning books like Allegro, a musical journey through 11 musical masterpieces. We know that music is an important part of any adventure, don't we, reader? In Allegro, classical music comes to life like never before. Allegro is written by David Miles with eye-popping illustrations by Anita Bargiani. Each illustrated scene on Allegro's journey is accompanied by a famous classical theme that can be played with the press of a button. What a great way to introduce these musical masterpieces to children. Thank you to Familius for their generous support of Reading Bug Adventures. Pre-order Allegro, a musical journey through 11 musical masterpieces at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Oh, reader, we're back. Oh, no. Lauren, it looks like Albert ran a little too close to the riverbank, which is getting muddier and muddier from all the rain. He's stuck in the mud. The more he tries to free himself, the more he is sinking down into the mud. Reader, do you remember Albert? He's a little Albertodromius dinosaur, just a bit bigger than a dog. And he's awfully cute and friendly. We need to rescue him. And there's that noise again. That's right. We can hear, but not yet see another dinosaur coming our way. And Dr. Patel thinks it might be a meat eater or carnivore. We must rescue poor Albert but we also need to get out of here and hide before whatever is making that horrible noise appears. What should we do, reader? If we try to get close enough to pull Albert out, we might get sucked into the mud too, and then we'll all be easy prey for whatever carnivore is fast approaching. I have an idea, but we'll need to act fast. In the Jungle Book, do you remember when Mowgli tries to use a vine to rescue the baby elephant trapped in the ditch? Well, maybe if we grab some vines from the rainforest behind us, we can tie them together, lasso them around Albert, and pull our new friend to safety. Now that's some quick thinking, reading bug. Stay here. I'll be right back with some vines. Here you go. Everyone, grab an end and help me tie them together. Great. Now for the hard part. Let's make a loop and try to throw it around Albert. Just like that. Okay, everyone, hold the loop open together and on the count of three, let's all throw it at Albert. Ready? One, two, three, throw! Oh no, we missed! Quickly, pull it back. 
is getting louder, which means he must be getting closer. Okay, focus everyone. One, two, three, throw! Great job, we've got him. Now, pull! The ground is so slippery, I can hardly pull without falling over. Put a foot on that rock and push off of it. Great idea, okay. Ready, set, pull! Again, ready, set, pull! I think it's working! He's moving! He's moving! Um, Dr. Patel, I'm afraid we may be too late. The dinosaur that's making that terrible noise is just about to join us. Look, reader, there he is! Dr. Patel, oh no! Look up in the sky! It looks like a flying lizard! It's enormous, and it's heading this way. Oh no. Oh no? Yes. That lizard is known as a Quetzalcoatlus, and it's the largest flying creature in the world. It has a wingspan of more than 35 feet, three extremely sharp claw-like fingers, and a long, thin, toothless beak. It's also a carnivore, as you suspected. Oh my. With Albert stuck in an easy target, he might be about to gobble him up. Everybody, pull! Look closely, Dr. Patel. The flying lizard is amazing. It has a wing spread of a medium-sized airplane, and it looks like it's coming in for a landing. We should run and hide. No, no, he's not coming for us. He's coming for Albert. Pull! Oh no, the Quetzalcoatlus has scooped Albert up in his claws and is flying away with him. What should we do? Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. What's happening? Lauren, reader, Dr. Patel, you're, you're flying. Greenbug, you're right. Look, reader, we're hanging from the vine that we looped around Albert. When the Quetzalcoatlus scooped him up, he took us along for the ride too. And now we're dangling 20 feet below the Quetzalcoatlus's enormous wings. Oh boy, don't look down, reader. We're going higher and higher and higher. Don't worry, everybody. Just hang on tight to the vine and try to relax. I don't think the Quetzalcoatlus has noticed you yet. And Albert is still okay. I can see him wiggling up above. Flying can really be a lot of fun, I promise. I'm not sure I like dangling from a dinosaur as a way of flying, Reading Bug, but you sure can see a lot from way up here. Look, we're flying fast over massive trees of the rainforest right now. The trees are very close together, but if you look closely, you can see a few dinosaurs moving around in there. And look at the valley to our right. There's more dinosaurs. It looks like a whole herd of them running quickly through the tall grass. Reader, this Quetzalcoatlus isn't showing any signs of slowing down. Where do you think he's taking us? Maybe we're heading back to his nests. I read that Quetzalcoatlus nests are most often found at the top of large hills or cliffs. And, oh no, it looks like we're heading right for that volcano in front of us. You're right, Reading Bug. Because these Quetzalcoatlus are so big, paleontologists think they needed a running start in order to fly. Kind of like an airplane needs a runway. Hills, cliffs, and mountains would let them get more takeoff speed, which may be one reason I like to nest at the top. I'm not sure we're going to make it, Lauren. If that Quetzalcoatlus is landing, he may end up right on top of us, or Albert. 
could squish us flat or drag us along the ground. We need to think quickly and get away. I'm afraid you're right, Reading Bug. Reader, any ideas? Here's a thought. What if, when the Quetzalcoatlus gets close enough to the ground, we all open our umbrellas at once? Much like the wings of a bird, or Quetzalcoatlus, an open umbrella will create drag by capturing the air around us. If the drag pulls us in the opposite direction we're flying now, it might just be enough to pull Albert and us out of the Quetzalcoatlus's grasp. I'm afraid we don't have any other options. We're coming in for a landing. Quickly! Okay, Dr. Patel, let's hope this works. Reader, quickly take out your umbrella now and point it behind us. Reading Bug, fly up ahead and let us know when we're just above the ground so we know when to open our umbrellas. Okay, Lauren. When I tell you to, quickly open your umbrella to create some drag and pull Albert free. Get ready, get set, now! pretty rough landing. But look, we're free of the Quetzalcoatlus, and Albert is too. Everyone okay? <laughs> Dinosaur kisses. Thanks, Albert. I'm happy to see you too. Albert, Albert, you're okay. Look at you. You're pretty muddy, but otherwise, you look good. I'm so glad you're okay. Great work, everyone. Quickly, Albert. Here, boy. Now, let's all run for cover under those trees before the Quetzalcoatlus realizes what's happened and comes looking for us. Phew, we made it. I think we're safe. And look, reader, it stopped raining now. The sun is shining brightly and there's a beautiful rainbow across the sky. I think this story is about to have a happy ending. Wonderful. The sunny sky should make it easier for us to move around and see more sights and maybe more dinosaurs. What do you say we start walking back the way we came and see if we can find Albert's family? That Quetzalcoatlus carried us a really long way, so we'll need to move pretty fast, but we also need to be quiet. We just narrowly escaped one carnivore. We don't want to attract any others. Reader, Reading Bug, Lauren, Albert, quickly and quietly, follow me. Okay, Dr. Patel, you lead the way. Reader. Do you think you can move quietly with me through the rainforest? Lift your knees high so you don't trip on any plants, vines, or logs. Then put your feet down carefully to avoid making too much noise. Great work. Keep going. Reader, Lauren, did you hear that? Don't worry, Reading Bug. It was probably just the wind blowing through the trees or a tree falling in the distance. That didn't sound like a tree to me. You're right, Reading Bug. Everybody stop. Stay perfectly still. What is it, Dr. Patel? I'm not sure, but I think... Yes, I'm sure it's getting closer. Oh no, what should we do? Well, like I've said, I'm used to working with dinosaur fossils, not real, live dinosaurs. But nevertheless, I have a suggestion. Run! Raider, you heard Dr. Patel! Let's go! Quickly! 
quickly, everyone! This way! Oh no! It sounds like the dinosaur is getting even closer! I can't see where he is. Can you, Reader? I can't see him, but I can hear him. And he's still coming toward us. That's for sure. Listen to those noises and those footsteps. I don't know what kind of dinosaur that is, but he sure sounds big. Keep running! Dr. Patel, look up ahead! There's a small cave about 50 feet in front of us. If we hide in there, maybe the dinosaur will run right past us. Great idea! As fast as you can, everyone head for the cave. Oh no, my book bag, I dropped it! No time now, Bob. Keep flapping those wings and get to the cave. We'll grab the book bag after the dinosaur passes. That's it, right in here. In. Great. Now don't make a sound. Oh my. Raider, I can hear the dinosaur getting closer and closer to us. He's sniffing around, probably trying to figure out where we've gone. And look, he's just coming through the trees. Don't move a muscle. Wow. You were right, Dr. Patel. He's enormous and strong. And he looks a little like Albert. Maybe that's Albert's dad trying to find him. I don't think so, Reading Bug. Look at all those sharp teeth. And look at those powerful claws. And look at the enormous size of that dinosaur. That's no Alberto Dromius. That's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. A Tyrannosaurus Rex? Shh. Oh no. The Tyrannosaurus Rex is one of the biggest meat-eating animals to ever live on land. We're no match for a massive dinosaur like that. Look, Reader, the T-Rex is almost 20 feet tall, and he looks extremely powerful and hungry. Did you know that a T-Rex's mouth is a giant biting machine, and it is filled with 60 sharp, stabbing teeth? Don't worry. I don't think he sees us here. Maybe we're too small, or our smell is unfamiliar. But he seems to be moving away from the cave. And towards my book bag. Shh. Oh no, look. The T-Rex is looking carefully at my book bag. He's sniffing it and staring at it. Please, please, please don't squash it and all the incredible books inside. Reader, look. He's just scooped up the book bag in his paws and now he's heading back into the rainforest with it. What are we going to do? Not only is my book bag filled with some of my very favorite books, but we'll never get back home without it. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do, Reading Bug, unless you'd like to go toe-to-toe with that 10-ton sharp-toothed monster. Reader, look. The T-Rex has disappeared into the thick cover of the rainforest. And so has our book bag. At least we're all still in one piece. But with the book bag missing and no way home... I'm not sure we'll be able to stay safe for long. What a scary and dangerous place to be trapped. What are we going to do? Let's focus on what brought us here in the first place. Returning Albert to his family. At least we can do that, can't we? And then, who knows? We may think of an escape plan. Or run into a bit of good luck. Or we might run into that T-Rex again. Reading bug? Reader? Dr. Patel is right. Even when the odds are stacked against us, even when the going gets tough, we need to pick ourselves up and persevere. Don't be scared, don't you cry, 
mount up high We're all here, never fear We'll get through this Just hang tough and stay strong Sing this calming song Take a breath, breathe in deep You're okay Thanks, Lauren. I needed that. I think we all did. Okay, then. Let's finish our mission and help poor little Albert find his family. Who's with me? We are. <laughs> Thanks for the kisses, Albert. Everyone, follow me. I think this is the way back to the river where we started our adventure. Maybe Albert's family is there. Great thinking, Reading Bug. But even if we make our way back to the river, how are we going to find the other Alberto Dromius? How will they know we've got Albert or where to find him? Dinosaurs may not have any cell phones to call each other with, but they still got something pretty useful. Their voices. Right. Remember how that Parasaurolophus called out to all her friends when we were by the river? Paleontologists believe that dinosaurs communicate with one another like birds and reptiles communicate in our time, using their voices to make noises and their bodies to show whether they are communicating something friendly or something aggressive. Being here in person and seeing these dinosaurs interact, it's pretty clear that they are right. Reader, do you remember the noise Albert made when we were trying to pull him out of the mud? That's right! It sounded a little bit like a giant baby crying. Let me give it a try. <laughs> How's that? For a human, you make a pretty good dinosaur, Dr. Patel. Well, since that's what Albert sounded like when he was calling for help, Maybe if we all make the noise, the other Alberta Dromius will hear it and come to the rescue. What do you think, reader? Can you call for help like an Alberta Dromius as we make our way through the rainforest? Great. Let's try together on the count of three. One, two, three. <coughs> Great job. If I didn't know better, I'd say we make a pretty convincing herd of dinosaurs in need of help. Let's try again. One. Two, three. Lauren, reader, stop. Listen. Do you hear those sounds? It's almost like someone is calling back to us. Do you think it could be? Albert's family. I think so. Yes. It sounds just like him. Quickly, follow Dr. Patel, reader. I think the sounds are coming from over here. Great! I'm certain we're getting closer. Wait, stop! Look up ahead! Do you see what I'm seeing? Oh, yes! Look closely, reader! They blend into the lush green and brown colors of the rainforest, but just ahead of us, in a small clearing, are several more dinosaurs, and they look just like Albert! Albert, look! It's your family! It's okay, boy. We'll miss you, too. But you need to be with your family now. Go on now. Good boy. Go see your family. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Another dinosaur kiss. Thanks, Albert. Reader, look. 
Albert is rejoining his family. I don't know what a happy dinosaur looks like, but these dinosaurs definitely seem happy to me. Bye, Albert! We sure will miss you. What was that? I don't know, but Albert and his family have all disappeared back into the rainforest, hiding from whatever made that sound. Maybe we should do the same. Shh. Whoever or whatever made that noise is very, very close. If we run, I don't think we'll get very far before he sees or hears us. What should we do then? We can't just stay here. If we're discovered, we might get squashed flat or eaten. What if we climb? These trees around us are very tall and their branches are low, perfect for climbing. Maybe if we climb to the top of one of the trees, we can get out of harm's way and see where we're heading. Great idea. Reader, I know you're great at climbing. So quickly and quietly follow me. First, grab that first branch above you. Good work. Now, pull yourself up until you can get your leg over the branch and sit on it. Good job. Now, just keep doing that as we make our way higher up the tree. I don't want to rush you, but I think that dinosaur is getting closer. Keep going as fast as you can, but be careful to keep quiet too. If he sees us before we're high enough up the tree, we could be in big trouble. Hey, look over there. Now that we're high enough, I can see what's making that noise. It's the T-Rex! And look, he still has my book bag. We're not nearly high enough up this tree to avoid his reach and his bite. Keep climbing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Lauren, oh no! Hang on! I'm okay! I caught myself on the branch below. Just a couple of scrapes and scratches is all. Don't look now, but I think the T-Rex heard that. He's headed this way! Quickly, climb up as high as you can! Reach up and pull! Reach up and pull! I think we're high enough now. Or at least I hope we are. Because here comes the T-Rex! Reader. Look, he's sniffing and stomping all around our tree, trying to find a way up. But we're about 20 feet above him now, and I think we're safe. Whoa, hang on, everyone. He's trying to shake us loose now. Whoa. Whoa, hang on tight. Grab the branch with both hands, Reader. Lauren, Reader, look. He's dropped my book bag. It's lying on the ground beside him. Hey, careful. Don't squash my books, you mean giant. Wait a second. Reading bug, say that again. What? Don't squash my books? No, after that. What did you call him? Oh, I called him a mean giant. Yes, a giant. That gives me an idea. What other story has a giant in it? Reader, any guesses? Well, Jack and the Beanstalk is one giant story that comes to mind. Exactly. And when Jack was captured by the giant, just like we've been captured by this giant. What did he do to escape? He played a lullaby on the golden harp to put the giant to sleep. That's right. So, what if we sing our giant a lullaby? 
If we can put him to sleep, we might just be able to get out of this tree. Grab your book bag and get home. I'm in. What do you say, reader? Feel like singing to our sharp-toothed friend? Great. I sure hope this works, or else we may be stuck in this tree for a long, long time. Help me out, reader. Let's calm this T-Rex down by saying, shh, follow my lead. Great! Keep it going! Oh, Mr. Dinosaur, it's time to snore. Oh, please don't you roar, Mr. Dinosaur. Close those huge eyes, take in some deep sighs and Giant T-Rex is not as scary as he seems. Oh, Mr. Dinosaur, it's time to snore. Oh, please don't you roar, Mr. Dinosaur. Dinosaur, it's time to snore. Oh, please don't you roar, Mr. Dinosaur. Look, I think it's working. He stopped stomping and snorting, and his eyelids look like they're getting heavier and heavier. Let's sing it again. Come on, everybody. Sing with me. Oh, Mr. Dinosaur, it's time to snore. Oh, please don't you roar, Mr. Dinosaur. Oh, Mr. Dinosaur, it's time to snore. Oh, please don't you roar, Mr. is sound asleep. And snoring. Quickly then, before he wakes up, let's get ourselves out of this tree. Quietly hang down from the branch until your toes touch the branch below, then let go. Great! Keep on going. There, we made it. And look, Albert and his family are back. Keep quiet, little guy. We don't want to wake that sleeping T-Rex. We're not out of the woods, or out of the Cretaceous period, yet. Now, reading bug, where's your book bag so we can get out of here? I don't know, I can't see anywhere. Wait, there it is, just under the T-Rex's toe. How are we going to get it way over there without waking up the Tyrannosaurus? Reading bug. Reader, Lauren, 
When you're as small as an Abertodromius and surrounded by giant carnivores like this T-Rex, what do you think you'd need to be pretty good at? I don't know, maybe running? That's right! Abertodromius actually means runner in Latin because paleontologists suspect these little guys were extremely speedy based on the way their skeletons are put together. I bet Albert could grab that bag for us and get it over here quickly before the Tyrannosaurus realizes what's happening. Okay, Dr. Patel, but how can we tell him to grab it for us? We don't speak dino. Well, he likes licking my face. And he likes it when we pet him. And he runs in circles like a puppy with a case of the zoomies. I wonder. Albert, fetch the book bag. Fetch! Great idea! Fetch, Albert, fetch! Look, reader, it's working! And boy, is Albert fast! He's grabbed the book bag and is heading this way. But, uh uh-oh, the Tyrannosaurus is waking up! Quick, Albert, back to your family! Great job, Albert, you did it! Good boy! Quick, everyone, into the book bag, now! One hop, two hops, three hops, and we're in! We've had a big adventure within our book bag, and I think we saved the day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, book bag. Now it's time to fly away. Look outside, friends. The dinosaurs have disappeared. And now I can see birds, animals, forests, and fields. It looks like we're getting closer and closer to the 21st century because I'm starting to see jets, lights, skyscrapers, trains, rail systems, cities, automobiles, parks, homes and apartments, and lots and lots of people. And my watch is moving quickly forward again. What an adventure. I'll never forget little Albert or our flight underneath the wings of a giant Quetzalcoatl. And I certainly won't forget being chased by the mighty T-Rex. Reader, maybe you can draw me some illustrations at the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed today's adventure, like I did, and want to have more dinosaur adventures, you can read any of the books in my book bag. I have a complete list for you at thereadingbug.com slash adventures. We're back! You did an amazing job today, Reader. You helped lift everyone's spirits when things were looking bleak. And you braved a scary run-in with a Tyrannosaurus Rex! When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Cause you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could sing your way into a Broadway show. Don't let anyone tell you no. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can make your dreams come true just by being you. We couldn't have done it without you, reader. And Dr. Patel, thank you so much for joining us on our adventure today. I'm sure we couldn't have made it back home without you either.
It was my pleasure. And what a treat to adventure with brave, accomplished, and imaginative scientists like you. I look forward to adventuring with you again. See you again soon, reader. Goodbye. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. What an adventure. It's time to get your crayons and paper and start coloring. Be sure to share your illustrations with us by email or social media. And while you get started, we have a few people to thank. Today's episode is sponsored by Familius, helping families be happy with award-winning books like Allegro, a musical journey through 11 musical masterpieces. Thank you for making today's episode possible. And thanks to all our individual sponsors as well. If you're interested in becoming a patron, visit our page at patreon.com and learn about how you can support Reading Bug Adventures' original stories and music. And help us grow our audience by telling everyone you know about our podcast or leaving a review. I'm Lauren Savage, and our dinosaur adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe Savage, and our special guest, Dr. Aaron Nafak, with original music by me, Ross Gruet, and Alexa Thanos. Sound mixing and mastery was by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is a family-owned independent bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. And please support passion, expertise, and creativity in children's literature by continuing to shop with us or other local independent booksellers. Thank you.
Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.